sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Hello, you've landed on Teen Sports Radio. Good morning. Another beautiful 9 a.m. in the morning in sunny California, Santa Barbara. We're going to get right to it. We have a huge show. Uh, I'm not even going to get to get to who's in the house because Shakir Ahmad is going to do us a royal recap. San Marcos High School. Let's get to it, Shakir. All righty. Hello, hello. Uh... Not as much to talk about as like the previous weeks because we just came back from Thanksgiving break and not too many sports have passed since, but I'll talk about what I can. Uh, so like I said, Thanksgiving break just passed and last week, uh, boys basketball had a game against Buena and we won 60-73. So props to us, little shout out. Uh, then also on top of that, wrestling had a tournament in Canyon Springs uh, where a couple of them placed in the top five. And I just want to give a shout out to wrestling because they go hard in like a stinky room for consecutive hours, like every day with their practices. I can't live with that. Like it stinks. Like you walk by their room, it smells like death in there. So they need a shout out. Like they put in so much work. <laughs> but uh, going into this week, uh, girls basketball had two games. No wins quite yet, but definitely improvement and adjustments made from the first to second game. And it's have a lot of bright spots and potential with them. And I'm excited to see how they progress this season. Uh, boys soccer, they had their first game, uh, I think, Tuesday against Newberry Park. They won 3-1. Uh, I think they're going to have a pretty solid season. They look like they're doing really good. And girls water polo, they dominated Ventura as well at home uh, yesterday. And I'm projecting this year they're going to destroy every team in the league. And they're going to make a run in CIF, maybe even win that. Who knows? But I'm excited to see how they do as well. And lastly, boys basketball is at a tournament in Simi Valley this week. Tuesday's game uh, did not go to plan. I'm going to leave it at that. But yesterday's <laughs> game, uh, lots, of improve- lots of improvements. Uh, we ended up not winning that game as well against Viewpoint. But they're a high-level team, high-ranking team. And for the most part, uh, we used to like a lot better. We led that game for the most part. We just need to figure out how to finish better. But I'm looking forward for the rest of this week. We got uh, Westlake tonight and Oaks Christian on Friday. So hopefully we can get a couple wins out of those, turn the tables for us. And that's, for the most part, that's all the sports. Uh, but quick, quickly, this week's McDonald's after of the week, boys basketball very own Aiden Mandel. So shout out to him as well. And that's all I got. <laughs> okay, so you also, you also this, you got grades too, right? Shakir, what's your GPA? Oh, 4.5. <laughs> well, in the house, we got Ryan Carpenter, okay? Happen owns balancedcollegeplan.com. What do you think about our Shakir, Raya? He's super impressive. Knocked my socks off. Uh, nice. I mean, you nailed it. Nice. Great, great oh. personality. Got, it, got everything going on. Shakir, I loved what I would call positive scanning, like you were noticing where teams were improving and making adjustments. And like, even if things didn't go to plan, you were noticing where they were focusing on learning and adapting. So thank you for that. That's Dr. That's Dr. Amy Salzman in the house. Okay, also a collegiate athlete, Stanford. All right. MD, you know, we're trying to raise the bar here, Shakir. We've got to keep up with you. We have uh, Dave also with the Elks. Dave Bianchi, how you doing, Dave? Elks, what do you think about Shakir? 
Uh, outstanding. Great report. This is going to be all about you right now, Shakir. See that? I know. This is so much Not fun. like you need any more building up, but, you know, we all, I mean, we, you just, when I look around the room and this, everybody's mouth is dropped because it's like, holy cow, this, this guy is on point. Hey, Richard, you've only said twice in 12 years something about uh, this gentleman we have in the house. What did you say about it? If you ever wanted a what? Like maybe do a what? If he ever wants a radio job, he's got the voice for it, and we'll get him trained. Woo! Get me trained. Get me trained. There you I go. Open. I'm, I'm there ready. you go. <laughs> I like it. See that? Christine, yeah. come on. Pull a card for Shakir. It doesn't get any better. Okay. Pull a card for Shakir. Shakir, tell her. Ask her. Prince of Pentacles. That means he's moving forward. He's about to take off. You see that bull getting ready to take off? And that's very material. That's travel. That's like really, uh, if princes are mastering their element to become kings. So you're just about to take off, Shakir. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to say, too, I love the way that you frame, that you reframe things, the way you frame, just um, as, as a nod to what Dr. Amy said. The way you frame the sports and looking at it, that's really creating even more success. So I just really appreciate how you do that. Okay, we're going to take a little break, but Don Sanders has something to say. Yep. The, uh, the, I was reading an article from the Washington Post talking about competition is about we, not I. And they're talking about how uh, excellence and you know finding, finding your way to do your best and helping lift others up is is a is a better line, life strategy in the long run and also helps in terms of you know having a successful sports team or whatever kind of endeavor you're in and this uh social psychologist from ohio state she says uh you know it's it's great to have a desire to win but as long as you're not elbowing another guy into the ditch you know kind of thing so <laughs> they're, they're saying that uh she says you know uh, she talks about ego, e- ego centric versus uh, extrinsic. And so when you're when you're when you're looking to to improve and lift everybody up with you, then that's you know, that's that's competition at its finest. It's, it's creating some value. But uh, when it's just about you got to beat that other guy instead of experiencing satisfaction in the long run, a lot of people feel emptiness. So it, it was great. This was in a, a paper called The World Tribune. They, their banner is Voice of Courage and Hope. I used to work for the paper. And uh, I just think it's a nice reminder. There's some summary points. They say, you know, focus on a goal about self-mastery rather than beating others. Watch the language you use around competition. Consider the difference between your outcome goals and your purpose. <laughs> And most importantly, probably for everything as a life skill, practice gratitude. Yay! Yay. <laughs> All that, let's do this. We got Ryan Carpenter after these messages. Thanks, everybody. And this is the Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. If you're just joining us, I am Raya Carpenter, owner of Balanced College Planning. And so today I thought I would uh, highlight 
a very important topic in college admission. Money. Sound good? Talking about yeah. money? <laughs> All right. So, you know, families are wise to consider their return on investment, right? Especially with the total cost of attendance approaching $80,000 a year at some schools. You heard me right. $80,000 a year at some schools. So there are tools that you can use to evaluate the value of a college, um, but it does take some time. So I'm just going to throw some some tips your way. You could, uh, you know, look at the average number of years it takes to earn a bachelor's degree. Of course, some schools actually promote that they guarantee you'll finish in four years, whereas others have a track record of getting you out in five to six years. So, you know, doing the math on this certain tuition at four years versus this certain tuition at five to six years. Um, some schools will actually even offer you the opportunity to earn a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in only five years, where normally it would take you uh, six years, four years for your bachelor's and two years for your master's. And they call these the four plus one program. So if you're thinking of going after a master's, check, check out uh, four plus one opportunities. Uh, you could also research the quality of the career services available on campus, obviously, to um, you know, see if they're going to be helping you springboard into your career when you graduate uh, seamlessly. You could also look at alumni alumni relations. So, you know, what are going to be my networking opportunities when I graduate? What what's the average salary for graduates? What's the percentage of students employed or in graduate school within, you know, 6 months of graduation and, you know, what percentage of students are engaged in internships? So, you know, really looking at um what what's the payoff going to be? from attending one school versus another? What is their track record? Mm -hmm. and, and related to that, you know, I think most of us know this by now, what you major in can also play a role in your investment paying off. So STEM majors, of course, are, are known for this. Um, but having said that, we all want our kids to love what they do, right? And make a, a livable wage. So um, to try and combine those two things. One of my favorite tools that I want to tell you about today uh, to research careers and potential majors in, in helping you, you know, plan for uh, uh, having that education pay off in the end um, is looking at the Occupational Outlook Handbook. And you can find this at bls.gov forward slash OOH. Um, so at this website, you can see the earning potential for certain jobs, the educational requirements, the working conditions. And what, something that's often overlooked is the projected growth rate over the next several years. So, you know, I always tell my students it's fine to pick a career with slower than average expected growth in the future. But if you're going to go down that path, you should definitely be thinking about, you know, how are you going to stand out from the crowd? What extra skills do you need? Uh, or experience or education that's going to make you competitive in a field that might not be growing as fast. So, yeah. Can I ask a question? Um, so, if you are focused on uh, computer technologies and you're really interested in AI, what would you be looking for in this document to help you figure out what school and maybe how much you should be willing to pay for your education? 
So, so the occupational outlook handbook is really well designed. It's actually, you know, deceiving in, 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 in its name called handbook. It's not really a handbook, if you will. You could actually look at uh, computer science as a career or, you know, ag business as a career. And you click on that link to that particular career and it's going to take you, bam, right to that uh it, it then opens up a document and right in that one document for that one particular career gives you all the details. So you don't wow. have to go digging through a monster, you know, uh, handbook to find the information. It's very uh, user friendly. And I think sometimes they even have links to videos in there. So you can, you know, hear from people in industry, uh, you know, about their working conditions and, and tips for being competitive, things like that. Great Can you question. give me the website again? Sure. It's bls.gov forward slash O-O-H. Mm. So that is, again, the Occupational Outlook Handbook. All right. So I did go off on a little bit of a tangent there with, you know, career research and all that. I do want to get back to the actual cost of attendance at college. So uh, are we good to keep going? Do we need to take yeah, a go. Go, go. All right, let's I do, do I do want to say one real quick, Ryan. The problem that I have, not a problem, but my, my kids' generations are 30 and 27. And there was such a pressure, you know, to get in, in uh, teen athletes. And I, I hung out with that group of people. And unless you got a received a scholarship, I was the one, the contrarian, and say, look, at the end of the day, you, you, uh, drag 60, 80, $100,000 worth of debt, you can kiss mathematically, you can't pay that back. Okay, so I tell people, and then all of a sudden, we had the promise program. And I was a big thing when City College, and I don't know what they're ranked this year, but they were ranked number one in the country. Okay, so, and that's the route that son John, my second son John took after like looking at his brother who got the scholarship, went to um, Hawaii Pacific, blew out his shoulder, had surgery here in California. His career was over, ended up never finishing college, but he's, he's very successful in his own right. You don't have to have a college degree. I mean, in certain things that you end up in. Um, but so the young one, he had a, a different road and it was just like, I, you have a choice. Um, this is your thing. I'm going to help you as much as I can. But he did the two years at C uh, CC. Then at the end, when he did get that bigger scholarship, he ended up getting a better, bigger scholarship by doing the two years first because he got bigger, better, stronger. And then the scholarship he got for the last two years cost me. He got food. He got everything because he never got a B in college in the first two years. It cost me 265 bucks a month for holy names. So I said, you know, some I believe early bird gets the worm, but sometimes second mouse gets the cheese. You see, so, <laughs> you know what I mean? So the turtle sometimes can win the race. And I really like lay it out with the finances. Do you agree? I, I, I absolutely agree. And, um, you know, just to kind of clarify for folks who haven't heard of this before. So the Santa Barbara City College has um, what's called the Promise Program. It is two years free for students who have attended high school in Santa Barbara County. Um, so, uh, you know, hello, free college, two years. That, that's incredible. And then on, on top of that, the chances of gaining admission to a 
uh, UC, for example, a real selective UC, the chances of getting admitted straight out of uh, Santa Barbara City College is going to be significantly higher than getting admitted directly out of high school. So it's a win-win. You can save a ton of money and you can increase your chances of being admitted to a wider range of schools, um, you know, similar to what you were talking about with your son, Erica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Isn't, so, Santa Barbara, actually, yeah, go ahead. isn't Santa Barbara City College considered one of the top um, community colleges in the country? Yeah, like so as Erica was saying, they were uh, at one point ranked number one in the nation. And I mean, come on you know ocean view and you know they have they have a ton going for them so they do bishop football on fridays come on (laughs) exactly well the thing about city college that people who are outside of santa barbara don't realize ucsb professors will frequently teach courses at sbcc out of enjoyment of a topic and wanting to interact with students uh, in a slightly different way that's available on an sbcc campus yeah, yeah. And, and, and the other thing that, you know, folks may not be aware of is they have what are called transfer uh, guarantees. They, they're referred to as tags with certain UCs. Not all of them participate, but of course, UCSB is one of those schools that does participate. So if you want to eliminate the stress of will I get in, will I get in, you mm-hmm. can do these transfer guarantees through Santa Barbara City College and, um, you know, have tons of confidence that, that it's all going to play out the way you want. So I I proudly have my Westmont degree in my office and it's economics and business. And I show everybody, look, Westmont, and you you just get this thing that I've been there. I was there for four years. Not true. I played ball at Harbor College. I played ball at Long Beach State. Then I played soccer at Westmont. It does. You don't turn the degree on the back and show all of your undergraduate education. You see what I'm saying? So when you have a degree from UCLA, Stanford, Columbia, whatever, it's that's what it is at the end. It's where you land at the very end. So I tried to explain to people, I said, look, you're going to drag 60, 80, 100,000 dollars in debt just because you want to say you went to school for four years and never own a home. That's OK. That's your that's your journey. <laughs> okay? That's that's right. how I look at it. If your parents can't pay, think about it, it, you know, in that in that realization and don't be peer pressured into anything else because money at the end of the day matters. So, right. Yeah. What do you tell kids about money, college money. Yeah, great question. And, and so what I want to do is throw a few tips at you um, because there are some tricks. So Erica, you already um, threw out a, a huge value in, in looking at the, you know, the promise program. So that's tip number one. But, you know, most colleges, they, they, of course, will have a financial aid webpage. And so what I encourage people to do is look for what's called the total cost of attendance, right? Pretty obvious. What's the, how much is it's going to cost me? Now, of course, uh, nearly everyone doesn't pay the full price. And so we're going to get into that. Um, but when you're looking at the total cost of atten- attendance on a financial aid webpage, be very careful that you're looking at the full picture. Does it actually include all of the anticipated costs, number one? Mm-hmm. And then also, is the total for one semester or for one year, right? So just make sure you're, you're, you're capturing the full picture there. Um, so it's obvious that you want to know what how much it's going to cost uh, without discounts. But what is even more important is what am I going to pay after the discount, right? And so discounts come in the form of need-based aid, 
and merit-based aid. So to help you figure out if you qualify for discounts, the federal government actually requires all colleges to have a tool to estimate that discount and then whatever your remaining expenses would be. So this tool is called the net price calculator. And to find this tool, you can simply do an internet search, Villanova University net price calculator. Um, or you can just go to the financial aid webpage on the college uh, website and look for the net price calculator. So in the net price calculator, you're going to put in some basic info about your income, assets, GPA, test scores, and so on. And the net price calculator is going to give you a rough estimate of what you'll, you'll be able to expect in terms of discounts. These are otherwise known as scholarships or grants. Mm-hmm. All right. So pop quiz, I said it a bunch of times. What is this tool called? Net price calculator. Net price calculator. So, all right. So do, we have, do, do we have some time for me to go a little bit deeper? Yeah, I mean, we're going to do. Let's take, we have, plus, I know we have a bunch of questions for you, Raya. So okay. let's take a little break. Everybody cool. fill up their coffee, and we'll be right back after these messages. We are back, and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. I'm Raya Carpenter, owner of Balanced College Planning. All right, so we were talking about financial aid, and we were just getting into the topic of need-based aid versus merit-based aid. So, of course, need-based aid, do you need the money based on your family income, your family assets, and in some cases, your expenses? Merit-based aid, this is where athletics comes into play or an artistic talent or GPA and sometimes test scores, right? So merit versus need. Um, and so to see if you qualify for need-based aid, you would you would complete the FAFSA, and that's in 12th grade. So any seniors listening in, listening out there, the deadline to complete the FAFSA is March 2nd. Um, and some scholarship programs actually require you to complete the FAFSA. So uh, you know if you're looking for scholarships beyond the the government money, think about doing this application. I always recommend that families fill out the FAFSA as soon as it opens. It opens October 1 of 12th grade. So you can be working on this right now. And where you're going to go is fafsa.ed.gov, fafsa.ed.gov. And then for students who qualify as non-residents under AB 540, instead of doing the FAFSA, you would do the DREAM Act. And if you're not sure if that applies to you, simply ask your school counselor and they'll tell you which form is right for you. And then just one last form that sometimes um, people don't find out about until it's too late is called the CSS profile. And this one gets more into what are your family expenses? And that's your best chance at trying to get as much money as possible under the need aid uh, CSS profile. And again, you would do this in 12th grade. All right. Am I putting you to sleep? Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. It's important because I, I got to say, I and and you know Lori Cortez really well. And I went to school. She was my son's, you know, teachers. And when she started college coaching, I was like one of her early clients way back in the day. And I tell you, I think a college coach and and you know, kudos to you, Ryer, and 
um, people like yourself that help us through this process. Because anytime when, when we got to that 11th, 12th grade, I, I, I hired Lori and it was like, that's a Lori question. I got off the hook. The only thing they needed was a credit card. It was perfect, but it was really good to find that money. Uh, right. Joe got extra money, you know, writing essays to holy names. And it was great. The money that he ended up capturing paid for Lori. And it was right. nice. And I was stress-free. I right, like right. those. So I can't have stress, Raya. <laughs> Raya, you know me. You see that picture behind Christine? Okay. Amy, yeah. Dr. Amy could analyze that. I did that. That's what's going on <laughs> in my brain. Oh my I know. It's amazing. It's But that's what's in my head. So I can't take stress, Raya. Dr. Yeah. Amy has something. Dr. Amy doesn't accept a smile and some gratitude <laughs> and a reminder that um, as Raya's companies called balance and breathing and gentleness and self-compassion and a sense of humor during this process will make it so much better. I love it. Oh, that is so beautiful. Thank you. I feel like you just saw into my soul there. Uh, <laughs> so, so just, okay. Last trick I want to throw your way for the day. And this is getting to that, that value paying off. So yeah, I mean, people like me, consultants, we're here to help reduce your stress and, and, uh, to help you feel empowered and informed, but you can do this on your own too. You know, and that's why I wanted to share um, these, you know, tips with you today. You can do this. And so my, the quick and dirty of getting the most merit scholarship aid, and that comes from the college itself, is to look for schools where the average student who got in the year prior has a GPA well below yours. So when you apply, they're like, hey, we really want this student. And we're going to throw as much money as we can at you in an effort to get you to attend. Make sense? Nice. You know, so. Yeah. So the Look bottom line. GPA. Yeah. Got, got it. it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So the bottom line is you have the potential of getting paid for better grades. Right. Nice. And also just a, a side note here. Larger merit scholarships tend to come from private schools. There are some public schools that offer merit scholarships. Um, but, but so don't disregard private schools because they may have more money to throw your way. All right. Lay it on me. What questions do you have for me? Christine. I, well, my, I'm inspired to ask about the trades. We're talking about city college, community colleges. I know that, um, I had, I wasn't, um, Oh my gosh, early childhood educator. They have an incredible early childhood ed program there. And I'm sure that they have other trade programs. What what do we say to kids who, you know, would want to go to community college to learn a trade versus um, continuing on to, uh, you know, four-year university? Christine, it's a great question. And it's a really important question. And that's really one of the things I think that City College in general does best um, is preparing people to. Uh, learn a specific skill and get out and start working. And mm -hmm. so you can go to City College for two years uh, and work on a transfer degree and go work towards your bachelor's, or you can go to City College for a short period of time. Maybe you go for a, an 18-month certificate program as an example. Mm. Automotive technology is an example. I know somebody who went through recently that did uh, welding, underwater welding, right? Which, 
you know, I, I always joke about underwater basket weaving. Underwater welding is a thing and it's a great career opportunity in, in Santa Barbara, uh, working on the ships, for example. Um, and, and then another example I'll throw out at you is uh, like Oregon Tech is a school that focuses a lot on trades. Now they do provide bachelor's degrees, but they also um, you know, give you the opportunity to learn a skill in, for example, being a, uh, going into radiology you know, technician. And your earning potential in those fields and the demand for people in those fields is huge. And so if you know, that you want to get in, learn a skill and get out and get to work. Frankly, I would, I would push you back toward that occupational outlook guide because it's going to give you information about earning potential, growth and all of that and the educational requirements. So you can see quickly, you know, what schools may be best for you um, if, if you're looking for a specific trade. And then the last thing I would say is there are some trade schools that are amazing where they're they're just designed for becoming a medical technician or a dental assistant. However, they can be for-profit and they can be expensive. And so don't overlook your local city college for the free opportunities to uh, learn a trade. Nice. Yay. Thank you so much, Raya. You're welcome. Yeah, if anybody doesn't have anything else to say, what we'll do, we'll take a little break right now. This is Erica Solo, the Queen of Teen. We'll be back with a lot more after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Okay, so for what, 12 years now, we've had relationships with our community leaders and nonprofits. One of the nonprofits that we've had since day one is the Elks. And a lot of people, when they hear Elks, they really don't have any idea what the Elks has done for this community. And I am a proud Elk and I have had many, many of friends. Um, I participate in a lot of their events going back for when I was at Westmont. So I want to enjoy right now. I let's, let's give a very warm introduction and welcome to Dave Bianchi. Dave, how are you? My love. Um, well, I good. tell you, you're pro. Thank you for having me on the program. Of course. Every year, I like to uh, give you the floor. You have provided an amazing opportunity for our teen athletes. And I'm going to let you tell the story of when you became an Elk, how you got involved in this program, and then you'll tell us about the program. Okay? So, Dave, take it away. Wonderful. Yes, I've been an Elk for quite a while. But more importantly, for the last uh, 18 or 19 years, I've been running or working with the uh, this national youth activity that the elk sponsor and it's called 
hoop shoot, which is a, a basketball free throw contest. And it's open to all boys and girls ages 8 through 13. And, uh, and we're excited to uh, say that we're going to have an open invitational contest coming up at the Page Youth Center this December 19th uh, in the afternoon. So we would like to invite all boys and girls who are age 8 through 13 on April 1st of next year, that's the criteria, uh, are welcome to come by. It's free. It's fun. It's, uh, it's a program that's been going on now in a, in a national level for 50 years. Now, I, I was, I'm really excited because I actually know a couple of the boys. I grew up with my sons, so my sons now are 27 and 30, but why don't we name some local champs? Oh, we've had several. We've had four uh, local champs proceed, uh, advance all the way to the national finals in 1987. We had a young girl from St. Uh, Raphael School. Uh, Christina Bhatti went back. Uh, that's right. Uh, St. Ray Phillips. That's, that's right. it. <laughs> <laughs> she placed uh, fourth, I think it was fourth place in 2007. Ben York from Kellogg went back and uh, placed fifth. Yeah. Um, we've had uh, Joseph Tallarico, 2018, uh, from Goleta Valley Junior High at the time, go back and he placed fourth place nationally. This yeah. is a tremendous accomplishment. Yeah, it was great. Ben played baseball with my youngest. Oh my! It was oh yeah. So yeah, we followed him, and then I was be I was behind him. Ooh, it was awesome. Very exciting. A lot of pressure. I think he missed one. I I, I only I think he. And the funny thing is, is these national champs. I mean, they they make 50, 60, 70 in a row. It's like. Psh, psh, psh. It's amazing. Talk about the muscle memory. We got Amy, Dr. Amy, talking about that muscle memory. How does that happen? Well, actually, what I was going to talk about was that um, there's data to show that practicing mindfulness, which is what I teach to people from three to 93, especially athletes looking to achieve peak performance and find flow that there's data to say that mindfulness actually enhances your free throw percentage. So if you practice mindfulness, you will enhance your free throw percentage. Wow. Okay. So we'll do this, Dave, if you ever get somebody from this city to, to, to crush it, we are going to get some mindfulness training because we want to win a national championship. This, we have, we have, we, this is the year I'm feeling. We've got Dr. Amy. We've got the whole team together. We've got lights. We've got tarot. We've got uh, what, what, Richard. Wellness. Wellness. We have wellness. All, we can spell wellness. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. So um, how did you first get involved with the Elks, Dave? So did you just go to their, you know, that 5,000 square what, uh, dance floor? Or did, was it the salad bar? What was it? I kind of all of the above, but no, really, uh, you know, I was interested in doing, doing more for the community, just helping out and seeing where I could volunteer. And, and the Elks, as a rule, that's exactly what they do. Uh, there's so much that they provide and give to the community. And it's so much of a fun and rewarding to be part of that. So that's how I got involved. Nice. And how many years have you been together with them? I've been an elk now for 46 years. 46 years. I, know. I don't look it. I know. Well, you know, you look fantastic. Fantastic. All right. So we still have a little bit of time. And uh, will you come back again and let us know what's going on and do a little update? 
I will. All right, perfect. All right, let's take another little break. All right, we've got a lot of show left right after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Eric Assault of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. This is Christine Marie with a view from the deck. Um, and I am still working with uh, these 15 commitments of conscious leadership. I really want to talk today about commitment four, which is speaking candidly. Um, it, the, the truth, uh, the, the sentence that's above the line is, I commit to saying what is true for me. I commit to being a person to whom others can express themselves with candor. And below the line is, I commit to withholding my truth, facts, feelings, things I imagine, and speaking in a way that allows me to try to manipulate an outcome. I commit to not listening to the other person. So this is really a chapter about telling the truth. And sometimes telling the truth is a vulnerable place to be. Um, what I thought was really wonderful about this book, they talk about, you know, telling the truth and, you know, it's really good to do that in a commitment where other people are telling the truth so that you all know, you know, what you're committing to. Um, because I, I have throughout my life as a young person, as a, and as an older person, um, almost always been someone who told the truth and stuck my neck out. And, you know, it just is the way that it is and who I am. And it, and I've lived a life of, incredible joy and incredible transition because of those things. Uh, but it's okay because I speak what's true for me and I honor other people's truths. But what I thought was really powerful about this also was talking, there are two things. One that applies for what we were talking with, with Shakir, which is um, the team that sees reality the best wins. And they talked about a team because we all see our, our own version of reality. And when people are being, are willing to speak up their truth, about their reality, and there's enough people, you really get that perspective. I think we did talk a bit about this last, last time, but I, I really wanted to get a little deeper into it because they talked about these three circles of candor, which are truthfulness, openness, and awareness. So if it's truthful, say I had to be at work at 8 a.m., I didn't get there till 8.15, someone asked me when I got in, I said 8.15, right? I'm gonna be truthful. Anything else, I'm not being truthful. Um, so, and so, but well, let's say my clock was broken and I saw it at 8.15, but it was only 8.40 and I said 8.15. So I was truthful, I was open, but I wasn't aware that my time was off, right? So it's this, this kind of three-way, three-fold way of looking at things where, you know, we say what we need to say or we say what, what, what's in our reality. We say everything we need to say and then we say, and we're aware of what there is that we need to see about it. So it's truthfulness, openness, and awareness. And I found that that was really, it just moved me today, you know, when I was, when I was reviewing things. And, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, practicing truthfulness is being willing to say things that people don't always want to hear and sitting in that discomfort. And um, 
or in the possibility of discomfort. I say to people very often, all I want to know is the truth. Please don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Please tell me what your truth is so that I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice way of saying that. Yeah, and it's it, and it can be and it can be such a difficult thing, especially if you're in a place of like, uh, of power. If you're empowered, I'm a supervisor, and I'm I'm starting to work, you know, just to discuss th- this with my staff and really saying this is what I'm committed to, and I really would appreciate the truth. I can't force anybody to do anything. I'm just going. This is how I'm going to do it, and how I'm going to model it. Um, so I wanted, um, so that's what I'm bringing now is that, that fourth commitment again on, um, on candor and, and being willing to be honest. I love it. Yeah. Um, I also, I was just going to check in with Don frequently. You have bits of poetry and reading that you've come across in the week. Have you come across anything that uh, is connected to candor and truth? Um, not not specifically this week, uh, since you mentioned it, but uh, I I was just trying to when you said that I'm trying to pull in something by uh, by by Emerson. Um, he he's he there's a I'm paraphrasing, but he talks about he talks about uh, how you need to speak truth to the proud. It's not just it's not just uh, good naturedness that creates value. There's times when you have to speak up. And the vulnerability that you feel, the risk you feel in doing it, you have to feel that and go through that doorway anyway. You have to speak up. So, um, so not a specific quote, but uh, I often lean back on Ralph Waldo for some wisdom about those kind of things. Yeah, when you when you need to speak up, sometimes you know it could be a position that that's very uncomfortable um, uncomfortable for you. It could be a boss, you know, supervisor, whatever you want to call it. And uh, you need to you need to speak up and it may be very uncomfortable in the present, but in the long run, it's going to make you probably it's most likely going to feel you make you feel better about who you are and what you've done. I love it. There's two things that come to me from uh, I don't know who did the poem, but there's a there's a uh, or a saying somewhere. It's like even if you're shaking, even if you're crying, even if you're you can barely get it out, speak your truth. And then there's a great song by Sarah Bareilles, which is um, say, um, be brave, you know, say what you want to say. I want to see you be brave. And it's such a, it's just a, and the video is great. It's a whole, you know, it's a really powerful thing about that. And, um, um, I'm, and, and I would love to pick a card if you guys are ready for that, but I'm also open for the conversation. <laughs> Maybe pick a card, but I want to ask uh, Richard Ellsworth just joined us from the Braille Institute. And I wanted to ask Richard, um, uh, frequently when, uh, you work with visually impaired students, you probably have to speak to them being brave about a situation. Are there any words of wisdom that you offer in order to help s- students be brave? Yeah. Well, I, what I often talk about is, is having an, an inner sense of, of self-confidence and that, that confidence, if it is true, unshakable confidence it often stems from a an internal belief that no matter what is going to happen that it's going to work out in the best way possible that some way somehow it's all going to work out and it's all going to work to your advantage no matter what and if you can come from that belief you have unshakable confidence 
And when you have that unshakable confidence, you can tackle anything and make anything work. And it's something, it's a little, it's kind of, I kind of use it as a mantra um, throughout the day personally if I'm, if I'm going through something that's a little bit challenging or, or um, I, I get kind of an emotional response to something, I'll say, you know what, it's some way, somehow, it's all going to work out. Sometimes I'll even say it out loud to myself if nobody's around to me acting like a lunatic. Um, but uh, I, I tell my students this as well, because if they're going out into the world, or if they're, like I just taught cooking class, or if they're cooking, and a lot of them have anxiety over cooking over, over heat, and we, did, we talked about saute today, uh, and we talked about flipping things. If you've ever tried to flip something in a pan, the only way to flip something over in a pan is with confidence and intention. It is, it, it is the only way to do it. If you don't have confidence, that thing's going to either not flip or it's going to fly out of the pan. But if you have that confidence in your conviction to make that happen, it's going to happen. And that applies to, to every single part of life. And when it comes to telling the truth, if you have the utmost unshakable confidence that no matter what it's going to be in your best interest, telling the truth is not hard. Pretty good. <laughs> we, we got one minute for a fast card. Okay, so the card that flew out of the deck when I was um, getting ready for today was um, the uh, Princess of Wands. And she's taking her tiger by the tail. She's like, she's really doing her shadow work. I think it's really powerful about really those things. It's like about really doing the stuff that you need to do. And on the bottom of the deck, since I stopped, was the Temperance card, which is the card of Sagittarius, which is where this um, new moon full solar eclipse happened this weekend, December 3rd and 4th. And there's a powerful time for transformation. Let's end on that. Transformation. Transformation. Hey, I want to just give a little bit of love to Mrs. Petrolino. Uh, She did the breakfast, lunch, and dinner when I was a little girl growing up. And she's just sent me a text. And she said, remember that to succeed in life, you need a wishbone, a backbone, and a funny bone. And I agree. I love you, Mrs. Petrolino. Stay tuned for more next week. God bless you all. Nothing's gonna ever bring you down, mother